2: This is
0: the SEC Insider Hit,
2: Presented by
0: your local Farm Bureau insurance Go, Go local. Go with a home team.
1: Tom Luganville joins us. National College Football Analyst with ESPN. You'll see him on the sidelines. Well, maybe in the booth, studio, everywhere. Uh, hopefully rain, sleet thunderstorms hurricanes do not follow him but uh we welcome in tom lugan bill on the out of bounds show espn 105 the zone he joins us on the yingling lager guest line and of course the show is brought to you by farm bureau insurance bundle your car and home and save with your local farm bureau insurance agent uh, Lugs, when do y'all start when does that charlotte area start uh high school, real high school football games. When does y'all season start?
0: Uh, Actually, the first game is this coming Friday. So my son, he's going to be a junior, and his team here in the Charlotte area has already had uh, basically one inter-squad scrimmage and then two jamborees that included, you know, three or four other schools. And then um, they'll have a game this Friday, which fortunately for me, I actually get to see. And then, um, unfortunately, the following week, I have a high school game doubleheader for week zero as we kick off uh, the college football season. But then I'll also get to see him play the following week because my opening game is Clemson and Georgia Tech on Labor Day night, which means I don't have to travel on a Thursday and this is a game on a Friday. So this will be my first time actually getting to see two of his games in one season.
1: That's exciting. Okay. I know. S- s- that's super cool. Uh, what... Who are you calling in the doubleheader, the high school doubleheader? Yeah, you had to ask me that
0: now, didn't you? Um, uh, I've got Arlington Martin, all right, versus Lake Travis, all right, in the Dallas area. Yeah. And that one should be really, that is two really, really good football teams. So I'm excited about that. And then I've also got, Let me see here. What's my second one? I got a day in between. I've got a Thursday game, and then I've got a Saturday night game. Oh, I have. Hold on here. Duncanville and South Oak Cliff. So um, I've got five, six day high school football in Texas. Uh, Two games. I'll feature quite a few high profile prospects and actually really good, evenly matched football teams. And that's kind of the wish, you know, we have our high school kickoff weekend. Is you want to avoid the blowouts, but it's so hard because you don't know what you're going to get. Um, but we, I mean, we've got a great lineup. We've got Mill Creek and Norcross in Georgia. We've got St. Joseph's Prep out of Pennsylvania, taking on St. Thomas Aquinas. Uh, Los Alamitos and Malachi Nelson taking on American Heritage out of Florida. We have some wow. really, really good high school matchups. Yeah.
1: All right. That's exciting. Tom Luganville on the Out of Bounds show. Um, we'll stay on high school. Chris Parson did commit. To Mississippi State yeah. on Friday afternoon. I guess you saw that. Mm-hmm. So he-
0: I just I think about our conversation on him last week and you know how we were kind of trying to equate it to the run game. And um, I had read, I had read that it kind of gotten through the grapevine that both Lincoln Riley and and uh, Cliff Kingsbury. Have really been urging Mike Leach to say, "Hey, man, get a more athletic guy. Get a more athletic guy. It's going to cause a lot of problems." Maybe, maybe there's some some truth to that notion. Uh,
1: yeah, no kidding. And and I think they he he needs to do that. Uh, I know they were really excited about getting him. So now Mississippi State and Ole Miss have two ESPN 300 QBs, and Chris Parson committed to MSU, and Marcel mm-hmm. Reed committed to. Uh, Old Miss and they're they're right yep. they're not ranked but like eight spots from each other in your ESPN 300. Describe the difference in the two or similarities in the two stylistically, Tom.
0: Well, let's start off with uh, with Marcel Reed, who actually on our last edition of ESPN 300 actually entered in for the first time. He was a four star initially outside of the 300, and so he just he just entered in for us. Um, it's it's interesting. I think athletically, you're going to see an awful lot of similarities. Um, Marcel is taller. Um, he's kind of built more like a wide receiver, but he's got a really strong arm. The ball jumps off of his hand. Really good ball handler in the backfield, in the sense that whether it's play action fakes, zone read fakes, uh, bootlegs, and nakeds. If he gets out on the perimeter, he's very very dangerous. Whereas Chris Parsons the same way, he's just built in a different package. Instead of being a, a, a tall, more lean kid, I think Marcel Reed weighs about 170 pounds right now. Chris is shorter and more stocky. He he almost looks like a a slot utility back. Um, I would say he's a little taller than John Rice Plumley, but probably similar in terms of uh, like the level of athleticism. Um, I think they're both very comparable in the passing game. Both possess God-given arm talent. It's, uh, that, that will not be issue, uh, an issue as far as making all the throws at, at the collegiate level. So yeah, we're pretty excited about both of those kids. We think they're going to be pretty good.
1: Uh this is, this is exciting. So Kiffin and Leach have their guys, um, we think for, for this class and, uh, for our listeners, Marcel Reed out of Nashville. And uh, Chris Parson out of Brentwood um, committed to to Leach and Kiffin. And both are in the ESPN um, 300. And Tom thinks... And you don't ever know. You're, everybody's trying to project. But Tom believes that they at least have the skill set and talent to potentially start mm-hmm. um, in Power 5. And this whole Leach thing may be going and you know, gravitating, kind of adjusting to a more athletic quarterback. If that's – well, it is the case with Chris Parson. Then I think that's good for, you know, the program and where the game is going right now, Tom, and where it's been going for the better part of a decade plus.
0: Well, there's no question. And, and, you know, not to be a broken record, but, you know, if if you can somehow come up with a way to get people out of a three-man front and dropping eight – a mobile quarterback is high high on the list of priorities because it is it is it's it's difficult to be able to hold up in the box if you don't have enough bodies cuz the quarterback is a threat as a runner. Let's just assume you don't want to you really aren't going to attempt to or, or or don't have a lot of interest in running it with the actual running back. But every now and then you take that little token zone read fake the quarterback takes off and runs, that's an element they just haven't had. And I think, you know, to Lincoln Riley's credit, to um, a lot of guys, whether it was Kendall Briles, whether it's, you know, uh, Ben Cliff Kingsbury, uh, there, there's been a, a variety of former air raid guys that have morphed into more of a, of, of a, a run first mentality with the air raid principles in the passing game. You see a lot of those guys that have gone and gravitated towards that, and look at how their offenses have exploded.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I, I heard when Leach was hired a couple years ago, so I can't remember who it was that swims in, in your game, but it was somebody that I respected. and He said, uh, yeah, nobody, nobody leaves the nest, the Mike Leach nest, and runs the true air raid and runs it well. Mike is the only guy. Now, like He's you're saying, the only one left. There, there's hybrid. I mean,
0: how mommy the other one. How mommy is the other one that has never deviated.
1: Right. But, but how, I'm not trying to take you, but, but I think it's pretty, look, there are a lot of coaches, business people, whatever in life that have the right Robin and, and their Batman for a while. I think it's right. obvious Mike Leach was the dude out of the two. I mean, I get what they did at Iowa Wesland. I get what they did at Valdosta. I get what they did at Kentucky. Mm-hmm. But once Mike left the nest, Mummy never could. Now you know. Look, he got tripped up on like a cheeseburger and a Dr Pepper at Kentucky and probation. That's all nonsense to me. Yeah. And I don't have time for it. Nor do I. I just think it's silly. Sometimes they lock in on a guy and whatever. But but for Leach mm-hmm. to go off and win 155 games at Texas Tech and Washington State where nobody else wins, that's all I need to know. Tom, as far as maybe who was the sizzle within the duo. Not right. that, not that Hal doesn't, you know, know football and did some good things. Do you see where I'm going there?
0: Absolutely. And keep in mind, you skipped over one stop. You forgot about Oklahoma.
1: Sure. I, the fact that Bob Stoops hired him and back then, because we were right. steering and still in an antiquated uh, uh, time of football outside of Spurrier mm-hmm. and some other people, the fact that Stoops had the stones to go to Oklahoma where they had been running the wishbone under Barry Switzer and lost their way in the 90s and hire this quirky dude that was running the air raid and say, no, this is what we're going to do, that's that's remarkable, in and in a, you know this, in a profession that doesn't like to do that.
0: Well, and keep in mind, too, when Bob Stoops took that job over, remember where that program was. They were terrible, right? So he had to have some flash. He had to have some substance. He had to have something that was going to get people excited, and at that time, in the mid to late '90s, early 2000s, and you'd just come off of Tim Couch at Kentucky, and they were, you know, they got competitive because of the offense. They were never going to be good enough to, you know, win a division or or get to the SEC championship game, but they could get to a bowl because of the offense. So if you look at Bob Stoops and his line of thinking, he's like, all right, I got to have something to kickstart us here, and. Boy, did it ever! You know, because it didn't take long, and and so I listen. I love that offense. Cause I think it's fun. I like to study it. I like to watch it. I'm intrigued by it. Um, I think it's absolutely lethal if people are dumb enough to consistently play man-to-man defense against you. But my only question, and it's a question I've always had, have we ever seen that offense in its purity win a championship?
1: No but my counter to that would he he's never coached in a place that can win because of a recruiting true. profile that's true uh, you just that's, I, true. I, that's true I mean that's look Texas Techs here's the proof in the put Texas Tech has been garbage since he left in 2009 mm-hmm. and Washington state's not going to win again they're just not I mean unless they find some somebody super special now he'll never be in a blue blood um just because of uh he makes. Because ADs are so tight and structured and all that. Uh, he, I, You know you know this, Tom. There were a few moments when he was rolling at Texas Tech and Washington State mm-hmm. that you thought that there was, not even blue blood, but like a top 15 program was going to finally right. go for it. Now, the Tennessee deal, we can go back and forth all day. Mike would have been late because their alums want to win. They do what it takes. Mike, and they're not... They don't recruit at Bama, Georgia, LSU, Ohio State level, but they get dudes, as you well know, as head of recruiting Mm -hmm. for ESPN. If you would have dropped him there, I think it would have been fascinating to see what he could have done maybe over a four- to six-year stretch, even if you could Mm -hmm. bottle one team to to be special. Because that's what all the programs are trying to do outside the ones I just referenced, in my opinion.
0: Right, and I think, you know, with the Tennessee deal, as toxic and as dangerous as that place has been, I think one of the reasons why he didn't want to be involved in that is he doesn't want to deal with all the hands in the cookie jar, right? right. That's not him. I mean, he's not going to put up with that nonsense, and, and that's that's a, an unnecessary daily headache. That he, he just loves coaching football, loves the kids. We know how quirky he is. He doesn't <laughs> want to get involved in all that politics and all of the – crap that goes on outside of the building that's just not him
1: no he would never put up with what's gone on at uh, well let's just say Tennessee Nebraska Texas oh, yeah, Michigan Texas. and some other programs that have Florida. bottled it at times but but he, he I mean have I know you've been around him I've been around him enough now he is absolutely not going to answer to boosters, Tom. He runs his program. Period. No. End of discussion.
0: Exactly. It, he wants, and you know what? Nor should he. Right. Nor should he. And so, pick wisely where you want to coach. Go where you want to be happy. Have you noticed it's always an outlier location: Pullman, Washington, Lubbock, Starkville, right? Iowa Wesleyan, Valdosta, and and, and that's just kind of that that's it. That's that works for him.
1: Well, and, and so let's move to... It's funny you're, we're talking about boosters, meddling, and so on. And boosters can be very, you know, a tremendous asset. But Tom Luganville on the Yingling Liger guest line, we were talking about lane train. And that coming out of the weekend, there's there's even more buzz around this Altmaier-Jackson-Dart thing. And uh, right. people believe that Altmaier is more accurate He's not as athletic, but he's more accurate, and he may be more of a gamer. Now, quantifying all that, we'll see what happens, whatever. But somebody, we've had some of our listeners say, oh, no, it'll be dart, period, because the boosters did an NIL deal. I actually actually say, no, it will not. Lane is like Mike. Lane is going to run his program, and whoever he believes, and again, this could be five games into the season because of their schedule, but once they get to at LSU and at A&M, they're going to have to find the guy because those are two extremely difficult road trips back-to-back. Mm-hmm. Lane's going to play whoever in the hell Lane wants to play, Tom. You agree or disagree?
0: Absolutely. And But this is, this is what you get when you go down the NIL path is, all right, well, we've done a deal with this kid. Well, why isn't he playing? uh well that's not your decision nor do you have a say in the matter you know i mean it's it's this is the world we're going to live in now if there are going to be more people involved in thinking they have a say because there's a dollar amount tied to an individual and there's not going to be a coach in america that's going to cater to that and you know what at some point or another it's all, when it's all said and done it might get some coaches fired Right. That might be one of the byproducts of all of this. You know, it's interesting. I don't know if you saw on ESPN.com, as we're, we're talking about Jackson Dart and, and Luke Altmyron and the piece that uh, Adam Rittenberg did where it's kind of a quarterback confidential by conference. And it's, you know, kind of taking each quarterback and getting the coach in that conference to comment on what they think about that quarterback. And it's interesting, the individual, whoever the assistant coach is or the head coach that Adam Rittenberg spoke to in the Pac-12 um, I don't know if you've seen this article, but here's the quote that that coach gave on Jackson Dark. He was the most talented quarterback we played against last year, a Pac-12 defensive coordinator said. He was inexperienced, but he threw the ball well, and he had enough movement. Projecting him moving forward, he was going to be the most talented guy in the conference.
1: Okay, wow.
0: Interesting, right? Yeah. Yes. So you want to hear here, – here, Let me read off. let me read off the – Quote from uh, uh, an SEC assistant coach on Will Rogers. Okay, Um, He understands Mike Leach's system well. He's very accurate. Throws a very catchable ball. I would totally agree with that. Said a coach who faced Rogers in 2021, nothing really jumps out at you other than statistically he does what that offense does. He's not a runner or a giant big kid. There's nothing imposing about him other than he can run their offense well with a great arm. That's pretty, pretty accurate portrayal, I think from from an opposing coach. Uh, it's a really, really neat piece that Adam Rittenberg did. I mean, everybody from Bryce Young to Will Levis and Stetson Bennett, um, just getting some opinions from other coaches who've had to prepare and, and play against these guys.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, and I think that's spot on uh, on Will Rogers. So, right, which one would you go? Me too. With knowing Lane Kiffin the way you do, knowing what Lane likes, and, uh, of course, Lane has proven that he can win with, all sorts of different shapes and sizes at QB. Both at
0: Blake Sims, yes. <laughs> Jacob Coker, yes. Holy I mean, but that's with having elite players around those guys. Though. True. That's that's the one little asterisk that always needs to be added. Is okay for well, those guys, difference makers. No, but everybody in the hall was. <laughs>
1: that it's like Stetson Bennett. So, so, yeah. w- Will Lane go? What do you think? Does Lane go with more of a gut? Not total. Brett Favre gunslinger, but Dart's got some of that in him. Or... Right, so got a lot of it. Yeah. A, a, yeah or, or a lot... Or more of an Altmeyer who's more accurate, not as athletic, but then people keep talking about how he's a gamer and competitive nature and all this. What? How do you see that, Tom?
0: I've, I've always been a firm believer, Bo, that you go with the most efficient player that runs the offense And if you get a feel for how your team responds to one or the other guy, you have to take that into consideration because it's always gonna be easy to take the more talented kid. It's always gonna be easy to say, man, this guy can do some stuff the other guy can't do. Um, And you get tempted by it, you get lured by it. And so what you've gotta be careful is while that's happening, right? You can't be ignoring the guy that's over here that's just playing pitch and catch. The ball never hits the ground. They go up and down the field. He scores points. Um, those steps, of, I mean, you can't, it, it, it's hard, and, and you reference it in the NIL era. You've got external pressure now that you didn't used to have, not just on the coach, but on the actual players themselves. And I, I just think you've got to adhere to the, to the winning principles of the position. Do you move the offense? Do you complete the ball? Do you score points? And if that means, you're not as talented as the other guy, but that's what you do, and he doesn't do it as often as you do, then you need to be a starter. Hmm.
2: This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: National College Football Analyst with ESPN. He joins us on the Yingling Lager guest line. Mm. Stetson Bennett, you expect him to take a step back or two or get better? How, how do you see that?
0: I, I don't. I, I, I think I, I think he's going to be just fine. You know, I think he knows who he is. He knows who he isn't. He knows he doesn't have to wear an S on his chest. I think they're going to be better then people give him credit for. Now, listen, do you just automatically replace George Pickens? Probably not, but I think they're going to be fine. They're going to be fast. They're going to be athletic. Um, I, the more people disrespect him, I think the better he gets. If people will just start praising him, maybe he would have a lapse. You know what I'm saying? Like if if everybody, if, if everybody would be, would would be patting him on the back and telling him he's arrived and, and accepting him as a national championship winning caliber player. And maybe that's different, but because people don't do that, I think that's what drives him. I think that's why he'll be as good, if not better.
1: I, I want to wrap it up with, uh, I've only got a two minutes, but it's kind of a curveball here. Um, Keaton Thompson signed with Dan Mullen. Didn't work out once Morehead got in there. He has hung around Virginia and had a monster year last year as a – well, he ran the ball a lot too, but wide receiver. Maybe he'll be a flex tight end at the NFL level. I don't know. Oh, yeah, he's fun to watch. Okay, he's at Virginia. He's now on NFL boards. Tell our listener, I mean, and he had a really good year running the football and catching the football. Do you think he's right. got a – um a good opportunity to have an NFL career, Tom?
0: I do. I don't know where you would necessarily put him because while he has height and length, he does not weigh very much. And so, you know, and I saw him at ACC Media Days in person. He was one of the players that Tony Elliott uh, brought down along with Brendan Armstrong. Um, He is literally a a human Swiss Army knife. I had them against Notre Dame last year. Then you start to watch the tapes preparing for that game. One snap, he's playing at quarterback. One snap, he's standing next to the quarterback. The next snap, he's standing next to the quarterback, and then he motions out of the backfield. And now he's in the slot. Next snap, he's lining up out wide. Um, he's got red zone potential because he's a good athlete. He's got good body control, and he can jump and go get the ball. So I think he's one of those guys that you constantly got to account for and know when the huddle breaks, where is he? Now – I think throughout the, the pre-draft process, there will be a lot of testing, timing, weight, strength questions about him, and we'll see how he passes those tests.
1: Uh, it'll be interesting to see what, what happens there. I hope he has a, a big year. He He's a good kid, and he's he's hung in there. Oh, and he now yeah, he's I agree, probably going to walk away with two degrees from UVA, which is not a bad thing, undergrad and grad, because <laughs> he's like a, a six-year, which is awesome. Tom Lugan, Bill, thank you, buddy. Have a great week. We'll talk next week. You too, man. See Lug's on the Yingling Lager guest line, brought to you by Havana Smoke Shop. Two locations in Jackson, I-55 North, and across from Shaggy's at the Reservoir. Premium cigars, Havana Smoke Shop. Two locations in the metro area. You're listening to 105.9 The Zone ESPN, the out-of-bounds show.